everybody. Uh, I think this is episode seven or eight now. It's the second episode since I relaunched the podcast after taking that hiatus there for like a month. Uh, there isn't anything too particular I want to talk about today. There's nothing like really on my mind like the last one where uh, I got stuck in the mud and, and then created a whole allegory around it. Uh, a valid one, but uh, yeah, nothing like that happened this week. But I just kind of wanted to say hi and just, you know, make sure everybody knew that I was still thinking about them. It, it, the hardest part about doing this has been all the other things going on in my life which I don't want to be an excuse because I I do really enjoy Code of the West and having the opportunity to interact with people and and kind of teach myself more about running a business and branding, you know, having having the opportunity to fail quickly is a is a nice little um, I guess uh Harvard Business School, the closest thing that I'll get to it. <laughs> but you know, I my number one priority is obviously my day job at Black Rifle. So all that comes uh, as a priority, and there's been a lot going on. And I, I, you know, I would love to tell you about all this cool, crazy stuff that we're doing there, but uh, I, just the simple answer is I can't. <laughs> so uh, it's it's all good stuff, but it just means that I'm I'm getting home and I have a couple of hours basically at the end of the night to try to calm my brain down, you know, read a book, I'll draw a little bit if I didn't get a chance to draw for the day job and try to do code of the West stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of exciting stuff, but it's just, uh, it has to be the priority. And I'm hoping that I can keep code of the West just kind of going as a genuine, I don't want it not as a side hustle, but I mean, like, like I said, it's the closest thing I'm going to get to going to business school, you know, teaching myself how to, how to do this on a ground level. Cause when I was a freelancer, you know, I worked for myself, but it's not the same thing exactly. Cause this is strategy and marketing and all things that I kind of tried to, I tried to skew for myself. I, I've always tried to learn about them and be aware of, of, of the, the value of them at the places that I've worked. but. For myself, I was always kind of, I just wanted to be so good they can't ignore me. That was my, my policy with uh, my comic book career. And I actually got that from my first district manager at Starbucks, uh, Carol Weiss. She used to sign her emails that way. So it would be like, you know, district manager Carol Weiss, quote underneath would be, you know, be so good they can't ignore you. And I, I found out later that's a quote from Steve Martin. And I think I've mentioned it before on previous episodes, but I don't know. I just, I just wanted, I wanted to, I wouldn't have said that I was trying to be like an artist about it. I would say that I was just trying, cause I, I really, as, as much as I've fallen into that trap over the years, I, I just try to, I've always tried to be more blue collar about the way I make things, you know, uh, view it more as a trade than, um, some sort of like magical fuck. I don't know. Like it, Artists can get kind of weird. I, I love my artist friends, but I don't really believe that I'm special or that artists have a special, like an inherently special, you know, X factor. I think that they're, I think artists are very key to cultural culture and society. Absolutely. That I don't discount or doubt for one second, especially storytellers. But uh, I do believe it's a developed thing. So, you know, that's all to say that. The be so good they can't ignore you thing. I kind of just wanted to, to. I viewed it as more of an experiment. Like I wanted to know 
how good I, how far I could go, how good I was based just on how I carried myself and how I executed jobs and, and made things. As I've gotten older, uh, I'm, well, actually, I mean, it was pretty apparent from a very early, uh, early point in my career, because my, my career basically started and coincided with the, the explosion of social media as we know it today. So I was using all the tools really early on, but the tools were very primitive. You know, Instagram was just uh, a stream of photos. You know, it was all organic. There was no algorithm. As things went up, you saw them. And uh, hashtags were like the most involved thing between that and Twitter. I was on Twitter. I've subsequently deleted my Twitter. I think it's a dumpster fire and <laughs> toxic, toxic environment. Uh that I know is still useful for a lot of people, but I just, it's the first, it's the first one I engage with where I'm like, nope, I'm done. Facebook, I keep it around, uh, mainly because I have to have it for my Instagram, for, for my business Instagram. I just logged in to Facebook proper for the first time in, you know, perhaps a year this past week. And, um, I don't even know how to navigate it anymore. It's so bloated. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, I, I mean, all those tools for me at the beginning were just ways to communicate. So I, I, I used it to try to get a hold of people to help, you know, learn from. And that's how I ended up connecting with Paul through Flickr, of course. But, you know, for me, like, I didn't want to, you could, in the early days of social media, you could, like, I remember seeing an influencer for the first time and, and understanding what I was looking at, but also just how clunky it was, just because there really there weren't tags or there weren't uh, embedded links to anything, so it was just like a person just pitching, like uh, like you'd see on a a TV show in the 1950s, like you know if it was a nighttime uh, talk show, just the host walks over to a table and starts telling you about a pack of cigarettes. It was just it, it was funny to me how much it echoed the early days of television, but and so I thought it was kind of harmless. But anyways, what what I'm getting at is uh, you know marketing yourself is pretty key. I just, I just didn't want to make myself my product. I still don't really. And that's, I've talked about that before. Why? And part of that's part of the reason why I did code of the West instead of going full tilt on like, hello, I'm Chris Hunt artist. Um, which obviously for a number of reasons, I, well, actually, no, it's funny that I, now that I think about it, that was part of it. I didn't really want to put myself out into the world as an artist. I'd much rather put myself forward as a business person than an artist. Because uh, artists tend to have to work for somebody or they're pure artists and they just, you know, they're poor their whole lives and they just make things for the sake of it. And that's fine, but I didn't, I didn't want that. Um, it's fine if you want to do that. I wanted to have a good life and have some freedom of movement and a little bit of money is required for that, not necessarily a lot. And I'd done the poor thing for a long time. So I was kind of like, you know, thinking not for me. So, you know, uh, that was also a weird thing in my comic book career is I I could, people, comics, if you're a writer or an artist, the whole thing's kind of predicated on begging for jobs from people who own companies. Uh, You know, the editors to some degree, but, uh, you know, mainly the people who run the companies are the people that, you know, ultimately would make the decisions. So they were the, the people at the top, you'd want to go to direct if you could. Uh, you know, there's, there were people at Image like that, and boom. Some of them I got to know over the years, but it just I, it made for like a very odd package for me. It, people viewed me as an, an odd thing, and I, 
I don't know. I just, I didn't really have any interest in doing comics as a business either, unless it was my own. So, um, I think that's part of the reason why I like hiding behind code of the West a little bit. I mean, clearly I'm talking to you, you know who I am now and you know that code of the West is my thing, but I can still kind of in my own mind, sort of shove it off a little bit and kind of separate it. But, um, yeah. So I don't even remember where I was going with this. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we were just talking about, you know, day jobs and that kind of stuff and what's going on. Um, I'm sure I'll get back to it here in a sec. I'll find my way back. But um, yeah, so things have been a little bit quiet here. I I want I, I think I think I remember now. Like what I was going to say is something along the lines of I I can't go full tilt electric boogaloo towards uh, running Code of the West right now, and that's okay for me. I hope it's okay for everybody else. Um, I put the orders in for like the pre order or the grandpa hats. Not a lot of people pre ordered them, but enough did. So those are going to get uh, those are going to get made here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and go out. And um, you know, I'm, I want to try. I do want to try like the bandana thing. I think that's going to be like the next next little experiment or a flag. Um, I posted that eagle live live free code of the west image last week. That was kind of meant to look like an old school uh, Harley shirt slash shop shirt. And uh, I don't know, I kind of think I just might make a flag out of that. See, I got to find someone who can make a flag like that. I mean, it's just a screen printer, but, um, you know, someone who can make it and it won't break the bank for me. But, um, yeah, so uh, if if things are quiet, you know, I, I apologize. I really wish that I was able to, to just crank out and draw stuff all the time and be making new product. But, I mean, I basically am doing this with no money. It, which is fine. I mean, I got a, like, I got a little bit. I haven't lost money yet. Um, a little sip, sip of coffee here. Hold on. Some of that black rifle coffee. Um, yeah, so I haven't lost any money, you know, but I also haven't like, you know, I made a little bit of money, uh, like a, a little bit of a profit, but for the most part, I've just been cash flowing the whole thing. Um, you know, like paying for the drop in postcards and the stickers which I'm all about. And I'm, I, I love that people have been excited to get those. It makes my day to hear that. And I hope people have been sending some of the extras out to, to people. And I might just sell the postcards too, by the way, I know uh, I've had some people ask about that, but um, you know, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is if you're, if some people have told me that I've been, this whole thing's inspired them to do their own podcast and start their own thing. That's awesome. I'm super happy. That makes me feel really justified. Excuse me for doing this, but definitely don't look at me as the model for that because <laughs> I'm not doing it hundred percent correct. Uh, I don't know what hundred percent correct is, but I know that you don't go a week without posting things. Um, I try to, <laughs> I try to post stuff when I can and, you know, and I'm just content to let it organically grow is the other thing. Cause I'm not in a rush. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere. I'm not losing momentum. We're almost about ready to cross the 1700 follower mark, which is really awesome. And I appreciate everybody's tuned in. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, that's fine. Like, I'm not, I think where you get real, um, you get, it, the slippery slope is when you're trying to do something like this and success, like you have to succeed. Like you're going to lose the house or you're going to, you know, miss your car payment. That, that's a great motivator. I'm not saying it's not, but it's, uh, definitely a, <laughs> that's a, if you don't have to, or if I don't have to, I'm not going to do it. I, I know I'm not going to let it disappear. You know, I, I know it's not going to just fade away. Like, um, 
you know, I didn't establish the habit or something. I am trying to get more in a habit at the very least of doing one of these episodes every two weeks to drop like on a Monday or something, which is why I'm, I'm doing this episode. I might even drop it tonight before I head out on the, the red eye. We'll see how this one goes. But um, yeah, so if you're going to do this, you know, like I'm all for I'm stoked if it's inspiring, you know, and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, just do more research. Don't follow just what I'm doing. I, I'm pretty lucky in that I, I know enough and I can execute most of this stuff on my own, i.e. the art and the, the design. The design, I fumble my, fumble my, my way through because it's not my expertise. But I'm also not trying to make it look pristine. I'm not trying to make Nike big brand polished stuff. I'm trying to make stuff that looks pretty rough and kind of uh, hand, hand done, hand touched. Uh, I will say one thing that is pretty cool that I do want to talk about is uh, Bear Hug Cattle Company. So, so a, a friend from the day job clued me into to Ben, who he Ben is a former ranger and he's from New Jersey and he started a nonprofit uh, not too long ago to teach veterans that are leaving active service how to cowboy and ranch. He he actually himself learned how to be a cowboy uh, in between deployments as a ranger. And so what Ben does through Bear Hug Cattle Company is 10, 10 veterans, you know, uh, will, are selected for a scholarship each year. And I think it's almost four months, but he takes them, he takes these 10 guys out and the room, the board, transportation, horses, all that stuff's taken care of through his foundation and goes out and teaches these guys how to ride, how to rope, uh, you know, how, like the logic behind raising cattle and and all the things that I don't know about it so I can't speak to them directly but um they're going to do so they have to raise about $100,000 in operating costs each year for for all this stuff which is to me sounds extremely low for 10 guys and Ben doesn't take any money it's 100% pass through so what what I'm doing with Code of the West is I'm doing well let me I get ahead of I got ahead of myself they're doing a ranch rodeo this summer in Ennis, Montana, sometime in August. We don't have the dates locked in yet. And so the idea there is to help get some corporate sponsors, put the thing on. It's not going to be a big thing. It's mostly just roping stuff. And there's not going to be any bull riding or bronc riding yet. But the idea is to raise more of that 100000 that they need. And they're also trying to get a tr- like a diesel truck for pulling the trailers and stuff. So I'm doing an old school rodeo poster, kind of like something you would have seen for Fort Worth uh, rodeos back in the day or Pendleton Roundup and, uh, you know, something to be able to put the sponsors on, kind of use as a, as a way to get more sponsors. And hopefully the, the idea is to sell copies of this thing at the ranch rodeo to help raise money. So I'm donating my time and my, I guess, my talent, skill, whatever you want to say to that, to, to get this thing done which I feel really good about. And we're, and I was able to put them in contact with some of the other companies that are in the orbit of Black Rifle, and, and they're going to get some money through them. So I, I, say, I say this just to, to say that, like, actually to speak to what I was saying about things organically happening, if that's all that ever happens with Code of the West, I feel really good about that, actually, because I was, I, I'm sure Ben would have been able to talk to these other companies that I put him in contact with eventually, if the right person talked to him and put it together and sort of thought about it, it would have happened somehow. But because of what I chose to do back in December and because 
uh, our friend Morgan saw the the sort of fake poster that I made, which led to the conversation, which led to me doing the poster. My basically it was I was able to, in my own small way, help Bear Hug Cattle Company. So what I'm trying to get at is that you know I'm definitely a capitalist. I'm all for profit. I'm well. I'm all about profit. I'm not. That's not the only thing I'm for. Clearly, but um, it's just something to ponder. I guess is what I'm. I'm trying to express that if I had not chosen to do uh, Code of the West, I would not have probably been in the position to talk to Ben, do the poster, make the plan, put him in contact with these other people. So when you're when you're looking at these things, if you are somebody out there that's been listening to the podcast or following along with the Instagram page and is inspired to do something, just just know that there's different ways of measuring, I guess, your validation. In terms of success, I have to admit, money is the way you measure that. Uh, you know, the it's it's the only quantifiable measurement because feeling good isn't necessarily going to keep your business open. Uh, but I do think that there's a place for it, though. And And also, you could say that I know how many hours I have into the poster for Ben. I know what that costs me at my hourly rate if I were doing freelance again. And then what in the, whatever these other companies that I was able to help put them in contact with raised, it's like, cool, okay, I, it's not money in my pocket, but I can measure that and say, well, this is, we did this much good. Like you can measure that much good that happened as a result of choosing to do Code of the West. So I don't know. It's just something to think about. Um, it makes me happy. It makes me proud to be able to help. Uh, we're going to have a little rodeo poster, just just like a vinyl banner with the logo uh, um, on it in the arena, which that also makes me really happy. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is about having something like that. It just makes it seem real to me, but it does make it real. Like it makes me think that, okay, Code of the West is not just my little hobby on the side, like, you know, it's significant enough to warrant note in a public place uh, like that, if that makes any sense at all to anybody. So uh, yeah, check out, check out Bear Hug Cattle Company. They're on Instagram. Ben's got some real good content. Uh, I think Little Belt Cattle Company is helping him out with it. I think that might even be where they're doing the rodeo. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I'll have more information on my Instagram page as we get closer to that and when we get the dates locked in, obviously I'll have that on the poster that I'll be posting. But um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And that's going to be up in Ennis, like I said, uh, in August. I think Ben said towards the end right now, but they're relying on, um, you know, people volunteering their space for, for, for this event to, to happen. So he's kind of relying upon the good graces of, of the people he's, he's, he's working with. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty cool, I think. I want to try to do more stuff like that as I can. Uh, like I don't have a lot of, well, I don't really have any uh, any money to put at things, but you know I can uh, put my time and my my skill into play. So yeah, which is you know again I say that and people are going to listen to this and go, hot damn! Like I I don't know how even how much time I have to do that. Like. Um, Part of the reason why I haven't really been posting new drawings on Code of the West is because all I've been working on outside of work has been Ben's posters. So, um, you know, it's you're always welcome to ask. You know, you can always DM me through Instagram. Just just so you know, though, like I I'm kind of reserved the right to only do it for particular reasons and when I when the time allows it. So 
um, you know, please don't get upset if I if I'm not able to do something, uh, or volunteer to do something for you. Um, but you know, you're always you're always welcome to ask. Yeah. So I, outside of that, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's not much new stuff to talk about. You know, uh, I've been liking these reels I've been making on uh, Instagram. I've been playing around with that a little bit. Uh, like I did one for the eagle. And uh, then I did one with the drawing that I did. Uh, well, it's two drawings actually that I did earlier this year, and I colored. Um, and it was uh, it's actually f- based on a, f- a couple photos I took of myself for reference. And I've got like my Burns, uh, my Burns custom hat, my Filson 1897 uh, short line cruiser on. I got my Nick's Ranger boots. My Eberly stock bag, and then uh, my uh, speed goat from Montana knife in the in the drawing. You can't see my face, thank God, uh, which was very intentional. And I kind of created this little scene where somebody's in the desert and kind of comes across a little cave, and there's eyeballs in it, and then they're like there's a mama mama mountain lion kind of looming over the the figure. But it's not really an animation, but it's it's just kind of a fun little video. So. I don't know, I'm going to see if I can keep doing stuff like that. Like, I, I'm not really in a place to do full-fledged animation. I've messed around with it a little bit and even had some people kind of ask if I could do it, uh, you know, as a freelance thing. And animation's really time-consuming, and especially if you're doing it by hand, which is how I would do it, because I, I don't really, I don't have the technical skill set to do it with anything else, nor do I have the interest, because it, I'm just not, it's just not my thing. Like, I draw, I like hand-lettering things, like telling stories, but I just... Right now, I don't really feel the need to to learn that skill. I really would like to lean into the the ones that I currently have that I'm using, which isn't to say I want I won't eventually want to do that. I I mean, this year my goal is to be a better painter, which ironically it means digitally. But they're getting to the point now, especially with the program that I use, Procreate, where they have a lot of uh, brush plugins that behave very similarly to real brushes. So this year the goal is to get a little bit more actual painterly with things like i'm a real big fan of uh john singer Sargent and nc wyeth which if you've ever seen like the there's a there's a pretty famous version or edition of treasure island that nc wyeth did cover art and some interior plates for uh, look, look him up you, you'll recognize it immediately and he drew a lot of cowboys too back in the day a lot of fantasy stuff for fairy tales but early 20th century illustrator had a son named andrew wyeth uh which was he was a he, he was considered a modern artist when he was at the height of his career, but then the '60s happened and modern art became uh, more like pop art, and then definitely more conceptual. And he was a traditional painter, so um, interesting guy. Uh, the I think uh, the most paint the I think don't quote me on this, but I think his most recognizable painting is called Christina's Dream. It's like a woman laying in a field staring at a at a farmhouse and um it's uh it's a very odd there's a very odd opinion about this painting cuz I think it's an amazing painting like I said he was considered a modern artist and, and this painting is in uh the MoMA in New York City but the MoMA is like very cutting edge very juju and that painting I think was bought or donated and it it sort of fell out of fashion and Last time I saw it was when I went to the MoMA. Last time I was living in New York City, it was above a drinking fountain between two bathrooms, uh, I think on the second floor, uh, which kind of tells you how they view it. Um, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I think it's an amazing painting. And definitely look up N.C. Wyatt and John Singer Sargent. But those are the things that that's that's the thing that I want to get better at this year. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to do things with Code of the West and even stuff at the day job with having a more uh, painterly style at my disposal. Sorry, give me a little, my, my little Beyond Black sip here. Hold on. I should probably edit out like me drinking coffee, but you know, I guess I'm too lazy. But uh, more, I just like the fact that I don't. Know, I think it's funny that you can hear me drink coffee. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So uh, some that's pretty. Some I always usually try to choose something once a year when um uh well at the start of the year to not like not like a New Year's resolution, but just a, a new skill set, something to put in the toolbox because. Like I said, I don't really view art in the the more artsy traditional way. I view it more as the like learning how to lay stone, being a mason or something. And so I'm always trying to find ways to be more efficient, but also ways to just have more options at my disposal for doing things. And um, I uh, I don't know. I just I've always loved painting. I've I just. I don't have the the time or the income to set up like a proper art studio and do it. So, you know, and that's the nice thing about having Procreate is you just have this giant art studio at your disposal. I mean, and it's pretty solid right now. Like I can't even imagine what these tools will be like 10, 15 years from now. So, um, yeah, I, I love, I love my iPad. I love Procreate, which Procreate is what we've got everybody on the, uh, in the art department on at, at the day job. And we're using a lot of, uh, brushes from uh, let me think here true grit texture supply and then i've got a couple brush sets that i've bought over the years uh that emphasize more like painting like john singer Sargent. i just haven't uh put the time in to really learn how to how to do them properly i, I use them a lot i'll use a lot of these specialty brushes in what i'm doing but they don't have the effect of uh like impasto painting which is what i really really want and that's i guess that's also part of the reason why i kind of held off for a while is that you right now the way the programs are working like you can get pretty close to the style that i want to do but um it's it's going to probably be a few more years so before the technology really catches up with it so that's kind of why i had like a real big bee in my bonnet about it um but yeah so i'm that's going to be my my goal this year i'm i'm always trying to keep my brain elastic i think that the 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 scariest thing that I've seen over the years of people that were older in my life is they just kind of stop learning or teaching stuff, teaching things to themselves. I think I think you get kind of caught up in your own ego. You you know what you know, and most people's lives are pretty sedentary and pretty rote. It seems these days, you know, if you can have the same, you might not be able to be at the same job for thirty years, but you're doing basically the same job at different places as you move around, and uh, it's kind of the fun thing about you know, commercial art is that there's always these different needs for different things and different, uh, styles and vibes. So like, I've got a default way I draw a pretty default for comics and other things, but it's kind of fun to play around and do things super loose. Like I've been drawing, playing around in a, what's called a rubber hose style. It's, have you ever seen old Betty Boop cartoons or Fleischer cartoon studios from the 1930s? It's kind of like that style. There was a a really cool, what I think is a cool animated film back in the day. I think it's called Coco the Clown. And it's, uh, it's I believe it was Cab Calloway, who was a big band leader. If you've ever seen the Blues Brothers, he's the guy that uh, is the janitor in the basement that was more or less had adopted uh, Jake and Elwood. 
and he sings Minnie the Moocher at the end of the movie. Uh, Folks, here's a story about Minnie the Moocher. Yeah, that, that guy. Um, and so this, this, like I said, I think it's called Coco the Clown, but if you look that up, you can find it regardless. And they basically like rotoscoped this like very sort of fluid, I don't know how else to say it. Like it's not a realistic drawing, but the movement's super realistic. It's really fascinating. And it's Callaway singing, and then there's like skeletons singing in the background. It's, I think it's cool. So it's like the opposite of the style that if, if you've seen my drawings, you wouldn't even know that I'd have an interest in drawing it, let alone could draw it. And uh, it's also evocative of a video game called Cuphead, which I never played and only recently learned about. But it's just, I think it's a cool style. It's a lot of fun. Um, but um, yeah, definitely look up Coco the Clown if, you know, that video is, is worth looking at, I think. If, you, if, you, if you're interested in that kind of thing, kind of seeing the evolution of animation and different random things that are kind of creative. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I think people kind of just get stuck in a rut. And I, I think that ends up kind of killing your brain over time, or at least making it go stagnant. Uh, you got to keep teaching yourself stuff. And I think that's kind of like maybe rooted in the fear of being a, uh, you know, not being a master of something. People, people, as we get older, especially, but I, I think we're kind of wired to want to be experts or be viewed at as experts on things. It's it's pretty uncomfortable for a lot of people to admit when they don't know something, and 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 there's like good and bad with that. But I I think I think it's you can get a lot further in life when you acknowledge that you don't know everything to yourself at the very least, and so. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's an interesting way to go through life, I'll say that, because you're always kind of curious, and you're always trying to learn things, and that's part of the reason why I love doing commercial art, it's like a, the stuff that we do with uh, the day job, um, because uh, you're always trying to solve problems, and, and so like, say if we want to do a certain genre of shirts, like from the 70s, well then you got to go research those shirts, and then you got to, you, you learn things over the course of that process, you might learn about how what kind of t-shirt blanks they used back in the 70s or the print process that they used. Uh, there's always an opportunity to learn. I feel like every day, just it's, un- it's almost unavoidable for me to not learn something every day just because of the way I've, I've set up my, I guess, my existence or my career. But, you know, the loneliest times I've ever had, actually, were there were two times in my life where I wasn't obsessively drawing. And one of them was... Right after high school, when I decided not to go to art school, because that whole thing about, you know, them telling me how I'm going to, not how I'm going to draw, that's valid. But when I told the Chicago Art Institute lady that I wanted to draw comics, and she was like, oh, no, we'll tell you what you're going to draw. And I was like, well, I want to draw comics, so I'm out. And also just realized I was going to have like $100,000 in debt at the end of it. So I, and then, so yeah, I, I ended up going to business, thought I was going to go to business, get a business degree at BSU and that didn't work out. Basically just spent a year playing poker and hanging out on campus at BSU. And, um, that was also my tenure at Starbucks. So for about four years after high school, I was, I was like, nope, can't do art, won't do art. It's never going to work. Uh, I had my chance. It, it just, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I viewed it as a failure. I just at the time, I wasn't old enough to have the wisdom to know that, like, there was an alternative. I just thought there, the only choice was college. And without college, you couldn't do it. Uh, and in fairness, social media emerged at this time. And that was when I realized, oh, shit, I could probably do this because 
they're, the resources are going to build online and also in terms of just what's accessible. Like now you can go on YouTube and find tutorials for just about anything you can imagine. But in 2006, when YouTube started with a video of a guy at a zoo, there, there wasn't any, any kind of resource at that time for what you needed. Uh, it was very specialized and it was usually like if a comic book person had decided to make a website that would teach you things. I mean, I remember there was like maybe a half a dozen websites that would tell you what DPI to set your page up to or uh, how to scan art and uh, bump out the, the sh- like the eraser marks and stuff. It was, it was pretty hard to find info at that point, but I was able to get a hold of people like Paul through it. So, you know, I think that was part of the reason why I came back to it. But, but that being said, I definitely, for like from 17 to 21, was kind of like, eh, you know, I was a little, had a bit of an ennui going on. And then um, when I walked away from comics in 2018, I think it was, I just was kind of fed up. I, I, my career wasn't going where I wanted it to go, which in fairness at that time, I don't know that I had a clear vision of that. I think I just wanted to write and draw my own comics, but I didn't want to deal with any of the bullshit, which really is not <laughs> feasible. So, uh, and and also the, the the industry was just going in a direction that I wasn't super cool with. Um, as I've said before, I think I think it's a it's a successful business model for what it is, not a successful business model against other business models. And I don't know, I just needed a break. And that was when I I, I mean I went from winning graphic novel of the year from IGN dot com for Carver to being an assistant store manager at a Filson store within the year because I just. I knew Filson was going to make me happy and uh, I like, I do like managing and I like talking to people and Filson made me happy. Uh, it reminded me of being in Idaho and I was in Ohio at the time, uh, kind of kicking it with my family, my grandparents and such. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I had people telling me that that was a mistake and that I was, uh, you know, I was going to lose all the momentum in my career and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I guess they were kind of true. It was kind of true. Cause I, didn't really have, but I didn't have the momentum I wanted anyways, I guess is what I'm getting at. And the irony is, is that because of that is how I got hooked in and and ultimately became a consultant for Filson doing art and creative stuff. And then that led back to comics and that led to Black Rifle. So, you know, uh, just a little note on that. I just, (laughs) I've said it before. I think I've talked about this before. Uh, Trust your gut. And don't listen, listen to people that you respect and that understand you and know you, uh, but don't listen to people who uh, are inherently afraid and want the rest of the world to be afraid because they're never going to give you unbiased advice. They're going to always tell you to take the safe route, the most consistent route. And I was already in a very not safe industry, safe meaning there's no clear path for ascension when you're working for yourself in any industry. Uh, unlike being in a corporation for the most part where it's like, okay, if you do this, you hit these metrics then you become the boss of this. And then if you do well there, then you become the director of that. And then if that works then maybe you become a VP at some point and that's great. And if that's what you want to do, um, but you know, the, the path that I was on, and I guess the path I'm still kind of on because there really isn't, um, well, I don't want to talk too much about the day job, but, but like, I'm still more valuable probably to most people as an illustrator as opposed to a manager, you know, which I can do and I, I like doing. But um, 
you know, you could probably find a better manager than than me for what you'd need, but you're not going to, it's probably not going to be as easy to find somebody who illustrates like me, regardless of like skill. It's just, if you like what I do, that's pretty subjective. You know, it's probably going to be harder to find somebody who's exactly like me because they'd have to have had the similar interests and probably, um, development as me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's everything, everything, everything comes with a cost, you know, like, um, but I would say that it's, uh, it's always best to follow that, that gut instinct, uh, when you can. And, um, and that kind of goes back and feeds into what I was saying about code of the West, where it's like, it felt right. It's part of the reason why I did it. You know, when I sort of put an art out along, along the lines of it. Um, but, um, my gut right now is telling me like, yeah, just let it be. It's let it do, let it, let it do its thing. You know, um, there's no rush, there's no hurry and, uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's allowing me to, to interact with people that I, I didn't have, uh, necessarily did, they didn't have a reason to interact with me prior. You know, maybe they, they knew who I was, but they didn't, something didn't resonate with them or they just, you know, never heard of me, did, wasn't aware of the day job or my other Instagram handle. And, um, you know, now, now I get a chance to talk to some new people and learn about other ways of, of living or, um, backgrounds. It's, it's, it's cool stuff. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I cannot stress enough that if you're going to start a business, you definitely have to have measurable goals. Um, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> just, just want to reinforce that. I am definitely, definitely doing it wrong. I don't have, I mean, I have like a goal in mind for what I'd like to do for sales, but it's just, I'm, I'm also looking at what my life's like realistically right now. And I think that if I made code of the West, my number one priority in life, it would be, it would be a different thing. Like, I mean, if I were poured everything into it that I pour into at the day job, yeah, this, this would be moving in a much faster clip, but I don't want to do that right now. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the actual honest truth is I, I want to stay at the day job. I want to pour everything into that that I have. And I've got, I got a, a little bit left over for me. And that's what goes to Code of the West. And, and, you know, so it's, it's pure in that sense to me. It allows me to, to course correct like I had to in uh, February. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to me. So yeah, I mean, I mean I'm trying to think if there's anything. I'm, this might just be a shorter episode, honestly, because there's not much else going on to talk about. I'm looking forward to going down to Texas for the week, kind of hanging with some Black Rifle folk and, um, you know, see some old friends. We're going to be pretty, pretty busy for most of the time. So probably not going to go out and do too much outside of work stuff. But, you know, world's opening back up. It's kind of fun to, you know, see how everybody's doing, see how other parts of the country are living. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll be posting some stuff. Um, while I'm gone on, on both the, the code of the West and the lazy fair profile. So yeah, stay tuned, uh, on the Instagram note, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but if you, if you like what I'm doing, definitely hit the notification, uh, little bell thing on my profile, because that is the only way to guarantee that you will see what I'm putting out when I put it out. Uh, otherwise you're kind of fighting the algorithm and whatever else stuff that you got going on. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, if anybody, uh, if anybody, you know, has any kind of fun pictures or anything from 
the past couple of weeks rocking your gear or um, I'm waiting to hear to see some stuff that's like messed up. I've, you know, I'm pr- we're probably a couple months out still from sweat stained cafe hats and ripped up shirts. But if anybody's got anything, uh, you know, send it my way. I know I saw some framed photos of the bullprint over the weekend that I'm, I'm going to post this week from some folks. Uh, old two wheel soul uh, sent me a picture on that. Um, yeah, you know, so if or if you got like you know. Want to drop me a dime? I mean, I've, I've I know some people have just been hollering just to say hi and say thanks for the podcast, which I really appreciate. It still wigs me out a little bit that <laughs> that, that people are listening to me ramble and and it it, it resonates, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm still doing it because it seems like that's a good thing, and uh, you know I, I reserve the right to <laughs> reevaluate that as time moves on. But um, yeah. I guess that's kind of it. So, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys hopefully, you know, no later than two weeks from now, but maybe maybe even a week. We'll see, how, we'll see what happens in, in Texas. So hope everybody has a good week, and uh, hopefully you'll hear from me soon. So bye. <laughs>